Welcome to CropSense, presented by North Carolina Cooperative Extension. I'm Jacob Morgan, a field crops agent with North Carolina Cooperative Extension. Today, we have Dr. David Suchoff, NC State Alternative Crop Specialist, to discuss hemp. Good morning, Dr. Suchoff, and welcome to CropSense. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Thanks, Jacob. Glad to be here. Uh, so I'm an assistant professor in the Department of Crop and Soil Sciences. I have had this position now for about three, almost four years, and I actually received both my master's and PhD at NC State in horticulture. So I've got more of a vegetable crop background, um, but in my current position, I work with new emerging crops or alternative crops. Um, and these are crops that fit primarily in large acreage systems. So crops that can fit in rotation with tobacco and corn and soybeans and, and sweet potatoes. So not necessarily kind of a smaller vegetable garden or, or vegetable farmers. I also do a bit of work with organic commodity crops. So once again, large acreage, organic tobacco, uh, organic sunflowers, organic corn, and a few other organic grains. All right, and as I said, we're gonna be discussing hemp today specifically. So previously, North Carolina had a pilot program for people who wanted to grow hemp, but recently that has changed. So can you talk a little bit about that change and what it means for hemp growers? Sure, yeah, so starting this year, January 1st, we switched over from the NCDA's hemp program to the USDA's hemp program. Uh, and so prior to this year, if anyone in North Carolina wanted to grow hemp, they had to go through the NCDA and there was an application process. They had to give you know, the NCDA a lot of information in terms of you know, where their farm was, the type of hemp they were growing, so on and so forth. The NCDA would come out to do testing of the crop in terms of um, THC testing. And so everything was just back and forth with the NCDA. And so now, uh, with the shift, really the NCDA is no longer um, a part of the hemp program here in North Carolina. Any farmer that wants to grow hemp has to work directly with the USDA. And there are a few differences or changes. As I mentioned earlier, the first thing is that farmers are going to have to reach out to the USDA. They've got a whole hemp website where they file their application. One new thing for farmers is that they have to get an FBI background check. That has to be submitted along with their application. That was not required under the NCDA. One nice thing, though, with the USDA is there's no application cost or fee associated with getting a license. With the NCDA, there was, but, you know, that cost also helped cover the cost of um, the THC testing. So now what a farmer has to do is they get their license through the USDA. They then have to contact their local FSA office within their county to let them know that they've got their license. They also have to get them information similar to what they had to give to the NCDA. So that's going to be GPS coordinates of their farm, the type of hemp they're growing, um, the, the intended market, and so on and so forth. And then finally, they have to contact a third-party USDA-certified sampling agent. And so these are individuals in North Carolina that have been certified through the USDA who are going to come out and take a sample of your crop to be tested for THC. Now, you do have to pay them. And so I think at the end of the day, the cost of having to pay that third party is going to be basically the same as it was to pay the NCDA for your license. So can you discuss production some and how growers should move forward? You know, we've got uh, current input prices have really skyrocketed since last year. And so maybe how growers should approach growing a hemp crop with the increased fertilizer prices and inputs. So if we're first talking about floral hemp for CBD extraction, that crop was already expensive to grow in the first place. You know, there have been some budgets and they can range anywhere from ten to $15,000 an acre. And the majority of those 
inputs or in terms of costs are going to be labor. It's a very labor intensive crop from the planting to the weed management, but most importantly to the harvesting and, and threshing or what, what the industry calls bucking, which is basically stripping off the, the floral and, and uh, leaf material from the stems. The plants are also really expensive too. So initially folks were purchasing asexually propagated cuttings and you know these could range anywhere from three to five dollars a plant. When you're talking about planting roughly 1,200 plants per acre, that's, that's a huge investment. There's been a shift now more towards the use of feminized seed because for cannabinoid production, you, you want only females. But those seeds right now range anywhere from about 50 cents to a dollar per seed. So it's still you know, a, a big investment um, compared to any other crop that, that we might grow. It's interesting to try and mechanize it more. You know, I've seen some folks that are trying to harvest floral hemp with a combine of sorts, and it works to a degree, um, but it's still a very expensive crop. In terms of inputs, you know, we've done some trials at NC State looking at fertilizer inputs and what the crop needs. And really the main driver for yield is nitrogen. Um, we've done some testing trials. We were not able to see a, a potassium response and we tried finding uh, locations with low residual potassium. But what we've been saying is that roughly 125 to 150 pounds of nitrogen per acre is what the crop needs. The other thing to be aware of is that we still don't have a lot of very effective pesticides labeled for the crop. There are a lot of products in the market now that you can use. Most of them are biological and the data don't look very good in terms of how effective they are for you know, managing things like corn worms. And unfortunately, a lot of those products are pretty expensive. And so it's, it's a very expensive crop to grow. There's a lot of labor associated with it. But at the end of the day, I think the most important thing is that the market is still not really there for floral. Um, we've just seen a really steep decline in the amount of people that are growing it because they can't sell it and you know you can't blame them and so those folks that are, are making a go at it that are i wouldn't say making a lot of money or profiting but are at least able to to keep going with it are highly vertically integrated they are growing it they're processing it they're either selling it as smokable hemp they're uh, extracting the cbd and, and you know making things like gummies and tinctures and, and whatnot or you know i've even known some farmers who are taking cbd and converting it to delta eight which is a different product that's being sold altogether. Now, that's floral hemp. There's a lot of interest growing, no pun intended, in North Carolina around fiber hemp. Now, fiber hemp is grown much more like our quote unquote industrial crops. You know, think about how we grow wheat or soybeans. It's drilled at high densities, it's harvested with machinery, so it can cost anywhere from about two to three hundred dollars per acre to grow fiber hemp. The majority of the cost there is actually in the seed not necessarily the fertilizer. We don't have a great idea of how much it needs in terms of nitrogen. In our trials, we're still putting out 150 units of nitrogen per acre, but I think we could probably back off from that. But, you know, we still don't, we're, we're not at the point yet where we can make good nitrogen recommendations for that. Product. Can you talk a little bit about the differences between the two main types of hemp? We talked about production a little bit already, but maybe what the uses are for the two different types. Sure. So with floral hemp, as I mentioned earlier, where we want only females in, in the field because the female flowers have a high concentration of those cannabinoids, primarily CBD. And so it's all females, the plants have much more spacing, they are harvested, and then those oils are extracted, um, which can then be put into all different types of products. You know, you can find CBD now at gas station. It's in tinctures, it's in gummies, it's in drops, you know, it, it's in all kinds of different stuff. Now, fiber hemp, instead of the flowers, we are growing for the stem. 
the, the really long, very, very strong fibers are found in the bast fiber, which you know you could think of as being the, the bark of the stem. And so for that, it can be a mixture of males and females. It doesn't really matter. And what's going on there at harvest, you, know, you cut the crop usually with a sickle bar mower, you let it break down a little bit in the field, you then take it to be decorticated, which is just a process that separates the fibers from the waste material. It goes through a few other processing or processes, and then it can be used in things like textiles, so garments. It can be used in paneling for cars, insulation. There are companies that are, are taking the entire stem and chopping it up and using it to make kind of a, uh, a wood alternative for flooring or for paneling in houses. You know, there, there are many, many different uses, you know, using it for biofuels. So there are more and more companies that are coming up with different uses. But I think traditionally speaking, when we're talking about fiber hemp and textiles, it's a very hard wearing fiber. So it's not common to see 100% fiber garments or 100% hemp garments. Usually it's going to be mixed in with cotton. So cotton hemp blends. And the market there is actually trying to replace synthetic fibers that are mixed with cotton with hemp. So, you know, if you look online, you'll see jackets, you'll see a lot of denim, jeans, um, stuff like that that's incorporating hemp in their kind of product lines. Now, all my growers would probably revolt if I didn't ask, so what is the future of marijuana in North Carolina as far as you see it? Million dollar question. Um, so at this point, it's obviously a political question. So there is a bill right now, I believe it's Bill 711, here in North Carolina, and that bill would legalize medical marijuana in North Carolina. From what I've been reading and, and seeing in the news is that first, it's got very strong bipartisan support, which if you look back historically at other bills that have attempted to legalize medical marijuana, they never have. And so from what everybody's saying, this bill will most likely pass. I think it's going to be going up for vote in a short session, which will be in May of this year in 2022. And if it were to pass, it would still be one of the strictest medical marijuana bills in the nation, but it would allow for production and use. Now, the way that it's currently written, the bill, I think, would allow for 10 growers of medical marijuana in the state. And so it's not going to be like the hemp bill that we had, you know, or the pilot program that we had, where basically anyone could grow as long as they apply. Unfortunately, it's going to be limited to 10 farmers that could grow the crop and sell. So it's not going to be something that everybody's going to be able to profit from, from, unfortunately, but things change, right? And the other thing I should say is that this bill is by no means finished. It's gone through a number of different iterations, and it will most likely go through a few more iterations before it's voted on. So if it were to be passed, it would open up another avenue, albeit limited in terms of the number of folks that could benefit from growing it and profiting from it. But the one thing I guess I, I want folks to know, and one thing that was unfortunate was that when hemp was first uh, made legal, a lot of folks said, oh, this is going to replace tobacco. And I think the people that said that didn't really have a good historical understanding of tobacco's importance in North Carolina, right? I mean, this state was built on tobacco. And it's still a very, very important crop for our state. The other thing to, to note is that North Carolina produces a very specific type of high quality tobacco, and we are known for it. When it comes to growing hemp, for example, you can grow the same quality hemp in Virginia, in Georgia, in Maryland, in California. We don't really have that upper edge that 
we could say, well, this is golden leaf hemp, so to speak. That's not to say that we can't grow high quality hemp, but it's just that we don't quite have that edge that would allow us to really, you know, capitalize um, like we have with tobacco. And the other thing to know is that the demand just isn't there like there is for tobacco, uh, not only here in the United States, but internationally. And so um, it's something to think about when you are considering growing hemp. All right. Is there anything else you think we need to discuss or talk about regarding hemp or the future of marijuana that you think people need to hear right now? Well, I mean, I, the one thing I, I would probably end with is that, you know, we are seeing a shift and, and there's more interest in the use and production of fiber hemp. And I think fiber hemp is a good fit for North Carolina, given that it's relatively easy to grow. It's much cheaper to grow compared to floor hemp. And, you know, North Carolina has this very robust historic textiles industry. I just want to urge everybody not to go out and plant hundreds and hundreds of acres of fiber hemp because we still aren't at the point where we have all of the infrastructure in place to do all of the processing necessary. Um, there is a lot of movement in terms of more processors coming on board, more developers um, in terms of textiles and whatnot coming online. But we're not at that point where I'm going out and telling farmers, hey, plant everything. Uh, you know, put all your, your, your acreage in fiber. We're not there yet. And we still have a number of agronomic challenges. There's still some un unknowns yet in terms of how to best grow this, the crop to meet that, the, the needs of the textiles company. But I, I do think that that crop has a lot of potential in our state. Well, we certainly appreciate your time today, Dr. Suchoff. Yeah, Jacob, thank you so much. It's, it's a pleasure. If you like this podcast, please subscribe and leave us a five-star review. And if you have any questions about hemp, Feel free to reach out to your local cooperative extension agent and they'll be happy to help you. And as always, thanks for listening to CropSense. Because if it isn't making money, it isn't making sense.